Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Great changes have taken place in America during the past dozen years. Changes that assure Americans a longer life, a better job, and a higher standard of living than we've ever known. In these past dozen years, America has enjoyed an almost miraculous expansion, which has brought new homes, new highways, new schools, new hospitals, yes, even new cities. What does this mean? In a nutshell, it means that the future of America is secure. Despite temporary variations and downswings, the trend of employment and earnings has been spectacularly upward. And it must continue upward in order to keep pace with ever-increasing demand. More homes and highways are still needed, more schools and hospitals, more industry and equipment, and more electrical energy to supply America's ever-expanding needs. If you'd like to learn more about the opportunities ahead, write to Box 1776, Grand Central Station, New York City, for the free booklet, The Future of America. So I dropped into Kramer's Drugstore while I was downtown, and for 98 cents, guess what I bought? Ten chances on a punch board? <laughs> no, look at this. A swell little genuine plastic leather phone book for writing names and phone numbers into it. Boy, do we need this. Oh, that's a fine idea, McGee. That little old notebook we're using now is just a mess. Mm-hmm. It's as full of old numbers as the floor door sextet. You said it. I'm going to take the old notebook, weed out the dead wood, scratch out the numbers we never use anymore, and list the numbers we do use in this new book. All in exact apathetic order. Hooray for you. Hmm? Only you don't mean apathetic, dear. You mean alphabetic order. Alphabetic? Oh, my. I'm afraid you're a bit confused, my dear. What you're thinking of is that little gear shift on the new cars that you don't have to shift gears with it anymore. The alphabetic transmission. Thank you, Mr. Kettering. Only that's an automatic transmission. Oh, please, Molly, don't tell me what automatic means. When I used to go to school as far back as the third grade, with a little bag of acidity tied around my neck, Miss Fiditch used to say I was the most automatic-smelling kid in school. <laughs> no, she said aromatic. Aromatic? <laughs> you mean like at Mrs. Spradley's musicale, when she got up and sang the aromatic selections like La Boheme and the Toe Reader song from Carmen? No, dearie, no. Those are operatic selections. Operatic, huh? Well, come to think of it, she did sound like she was being operated on with a rusty scalpel. Well, what did I say wrong that started all this to in the first place? Well, you said you were going to list our phone numbers in apathetic order. Right. Yes, well, apathetic means disinterested. It means you just don't care. Exactly, and I don't care if it takes all day. I'm going to fix up this phone book right in apathetic order. Hand me a pencil and sure as heck the doorbell. will ring before I get started, what did I tell you? You're amazing, dearie. Come in. Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wimple. What's your phone number, Wimp? Uh, phone number? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have a telephone, Mr. McGee. Oh? The phone at our house is in the name of Sweetie Face, my big old wife. She keeps it locked up when she's not using it. Oh, I see. But if you ever need to call me for anything, you can always leave a message with the people down the street. They're in the phone book. What's their name? Uh, Chet and Clara. I don't know their last names. They're married, though. 
<laughs> well, thanks. That helps. We used to play bridge with him at one time, but we don't play anymore since Sweetie Face hurt her foot last year. Hurt her foot? How? Well, I got tired of having her kick me on the shin under the table all the time, so I stuck some thumbtacks through my garters one night, and when she kicked me the next time with those open-toed shoes of hers, oh. I wish you could have heard her scream. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, what did she say about it? Oh, she didn't say anything. She just led me out on the balcony and took me in her arms. How sweet, in her arms. Huh? Yes. And then she walked to the edge and dropped me over the railing. Five stories. Five stories? Wow. <laughs> Fortunately, I landed on the doorman. Oh? Maybe you know him, Mr. McGee. Uh, he's the one at the Ritz Vista. Shorty, they call him now. Oh, sure, I know old short stuff. <laughs> Uh, where's your wife now, Mr. Wimple? Is she out of town? Yes, she's been visiting her mother for a couple of weeks. Uh, she left me home to look after her pet parrot. And, and say, I'd better run along, too. I'm going down to the drugstore to get some bandages. Bandages? For what? Well, I had a little accident with a bird this morning, and Sweetie Face is due home tonight, and... Well, have you ever been slugged with a dead parrot? My gosh, no. Have you? Uh, ask me tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs> so long, Wally. Ah, see. Well, I'm going to get started on this phone book, kiddo. Say, do you want me to help you check the names and numbers before you copy them in? Swell. I'll read them to you, and you can tell me whether... Well, here's the first one. Agnes Dillpacker. Who the heck is that? Agnes. Agnes Dillpacker. Mm-hmm. Oh, she used to be the beauty operator that gave me such terrible permanence. Oh, and he used to copy her number in? Oh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. She left the shop in 1937 and got married... And changed her name to Droppleton, or Hookthorpe, or something. Mm -hmm. And then she moved to South Africa. Mm -hmm. I remember. You can leave her out. That seems logical. Let me see. The next one is Beagleman's Danish Bakery. The number is... Skip that. It burnt down in 42. Remember? Vaguely. Well, let's see. The next one is Doc Gamble's. No, he's writing that down. We know his number. Next is uh, Myra Gribble. It's got a line through it. So the next one was... Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. There are a lot of drivers who habitually add 5 or 10 miles an hour to the posted speed regulations. For example, if the sign says speed limit 45 miles an hour, he goes 50 or 55. Why? Probably because he's taking that small margin to prove to himself that nobody can tell him what to do. Or he may think that speed limits apply only to stupid drivers. Or he believes he can get by with five or ten extra miles without attracting the police. What can be done to correct such thinking? Traffic officials try to stop law violations, but it just isn't possible to have a force large enough to stop them all. We, as individuals, can make up our minds, however, not to drive like the plus fiver, and we can refuse to ride with a driver who follows such a practice. And we, as individuals, can resolve to cut down the rate of accidents through our own program of safety. Make sure you know when you're speeding and adjust your driving to road and weather conditions. Just remember, speed kills, so take it easy. Well, if you haven't spoken to Rosemary Slitz since she got through out of the ladies' club for not being eligible, there's no use copying her number in the book. <laughs> not a bit. Well, the next page it says... Boy, I can't read this one. It's so shaky. Handwriting looks like a six-year-old kid done it while riding a bicycle, no hands, down a cobblestone hill. Look at that. 
Ah, uh, that's Uncle Dennis's handwriting, oh. bless his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That says McNally's Tavern. Oh. It's locked up. <laughs> Good old Uncle Dennis. Remember the night you left the jar of ant paste in the kitchen and he spent two hours trying to paste an ant into his butterfly collection? <laughs> well, he loved nature. He sure did. He had a wonderful collection of butterflies, you know. Yeah, a whole stomach full of them. I'll never forget the time he left the baseball game in the third inning because he got thirsty, and the gateman asked him if he wanted a pass-out check, and Uncle Dennis tried to cash it at McNally's Tavern. Well, now, he didn't know what a pass-out check was for. I went down to get him at midnight, and there he was, spread out like a road map. <laughs> now, <laughs> McGee, McGee, let's get on with the phone book, shall we? Oh, okay. Let me see the next name. Roger, boy! Just a minute, dearie. Put them on the sink, Mr. Oldtimer. Did you bring everything? Brought everything I could carry, daughter. I didn't order anything heavy, did I? Not that I know of. You brought everything, then? Brought everything I could carry, daughter. Couldn't carry the anchovies, though. Why not? Didn't have any anchovies. My gosh, why don't he come in here if he wants to carry on a conversation? Hey, old-timer! Yes, daughter? You catching cold? Me? No, I feel fine. That's me you're talking to. I know who I'm talking to, daughter, and you sound just awful. Better take care of that throat. Gargle some kerosene. There's nothing wrong with my throat. You're all mixed up. Comes and goes, don't it? Friend of mine had a throat like that one time. Got that way one morning, and the next day the poor fellow was gone. Just like that. Passed away, did he? Nope. Went to Chicago. Better take care of it, daughter. So long. (laughs) Boy, if that ain't the Department of Utter Confusion. All the places to try to concentrate, this house ain't it. Well, you keep at it, sweetheart. I'm going out to the kitchen and see if he brought the right groceries. Okay, Tootsie. Now, let me see now. Next number is Harry S. Truman, Washington, D. Well, that number's probably been changed. Mort Toops, Wistful Vista, 3026. How's it coming, dearie? Almost finished? Just a few more numbers, Molly. Who's Gloria Mae Fluffenhoff? You know? The number is Park 60... Skip that one. She was the laundress that Mabel Toops recommended who set fire to my ironing board. Norman Axelrod, bootlegger. Friend of Uncle Dennis. Oh. He went away to Kansas. Leavenworth, I believe. Okay. Kramer's Drugstore. Oh, I already got that. Elks Club. Well, that does it. Good. Just take a look through that new little private phone book, Molly. Everything in ABC order and not a thing in there that we don't need. Well, it's about time, isn't it? Say, this has been a good day's work, dearie. Yep. I'll just tear up this other collection of junk and stuff and put it in the furnace. Boy, there was more worthless numbers in here. Oh, dear. This little book, it looks so neat. Say, I think I'll call Monica Miller and tell her about it. She's been trying to do this same thing for Monica months. Monica Miller? Hmm? I scratched her out. I, I thought you sore at her. Well, of course not. Monica's one of my best friends. Sure it's not. Mrs. Spradley that none of us can stand. Oh, well, I put her number in, all right. Oh, fine. Well, I'll call the beauty shop. Come to think of it, Mabel and Monica both are down there this afternoon. Where'd you list the beauty shop? Beauty shop? I don't remember seeing any... Madam Bertha's Beauty Salon. It's in the old book there. Or was. M.B., it said. It's a new number. M.B.? Gee whiz, I thought that was Mrs. Bates, the cleaning woman that broke the hall mirror. What? Oh, for the my gosh. I work all afternoon, and how can a guy win? The minute I get finished, people start finding fault with it. Dad, rat the luck anyhow. I should have kept the old book.
Fibber and Molly will be right back. NBC means F-U-N when you're in your C-A-R. City streets are then again if you're traveling F-A-R. So put an R-A-D-I-O in your own A-U-T-O. And listening's best, you will agree on NBC from A to Z. Where are you right now? Maybe, like so many million other Americans, you're on the road. Driving along a superb throughway, or a great highway, or maybe poking along a quiet byway. If you're listening in your automobile, you know how much radio adds to your driving pleasure and efficiency, too. If you're home and the car is in your garage, we hope there's a radio in it, so that when you're out for a spin, your family won't miss their favorite NBC programs. And if there's no radio in your car, what are you waiting for? Get one tomorrow. And know the thrill of radio on the go. Well, dearie, another weekend is coming up. Yeah, and with this pretty weather these days, I bet there'll be 80 billion cars on the highway Saturday and Sunday. Yes, and for goodness sakes, please be careful, all of you. We want you all back with us Monday night. I'll say. Because you know what I'm going to do Monday, Molly? I'm afraid to ask. I got a bunch of chemicals and stuff out in the garage from my science class at night school a couple of weeks ago. And boy, I got some theories that if I can prove them, I'll blow the roof off the whole scientific world. Including our garage, probably. Not now, McGee. Good night. Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimple. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the world of science is invaded by Fever, McGee, and Molly. Here, Jim Fleming with the heart of the news, tonight on the NBC Radio Network.